Catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Monday morning, February 20th. I'm Jake Reyes, and this is The Point from WUFT News. For some people, the job isn't finished after retirement. Nick Vanderwall, a retired cop, just couldn't let go of his unsolved cases, even decades later. So, 23 years after he retired from the police department in Atlantic Beach, he helped a victim of rape who had been denied justice for so long. A warning that some of the details that you will hear in this case may be uncomfortable to listen to. In 1992, an armed burglar raped a woman, tied her up, and placed duct tape over her eyes during an attack so awful that judges later called it barbaric and cruel. Thanks to Vanderwall's help, the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office later identified the suspect to be Kenneth Alfred Bicking III, a now 62-year-old construction worker who was serving in the Navy at the time of the attack. In 2014, Bicking was sentenced to life terms in a Florida prison. How did Vanderwall help, and why? That's exactly what Fresh Take Florida's Alexa Herrera wanted to find out, and she shares what she learned after talking with the retired cop. Well, the retired cop, he was watching the news one morning, and he saw a story about this man who was terrorizing communities near military bases, um, and they were calling him the East Coast Rapist, and he thought back to this case and a couple of other ones and thought maybe maybe this could have been the guy so that's what prompted him to contact the police department and tell them to resubmit the evidence and what was different this time around was that kenneth bicking who was the rapist he had a very lengthy criminal record and he was arrested shortly before nick vanderwall which was the cop asked to resubmit the evidence. So when Kenneth Bicking was arrested, his um, kind of information went into the system and that's how they were able to flag him because he was arrested on a prior charge. So that was why he was able to get flagged in the system. So what made this case such a lengthy process? What was difficult about flagging Bicking back then? I think with this case, um, they didn't there was no there were there was just no leads for so many years and that's why it took so long um it was only because they ended up getting a mat they resubmitted the data that he was able to get convicted but i guess it just takes so long i guess just because if you don't have a lead there's nothing they can really do and if there's no match with the dna in the system you know they can't arrest anyone and they you know, so, and they exhaust, like, I think they arrested one suspect um, in the 90s for this case, but obviously it wasn't him. So, yeah. All right. Well, I understand that Vanderwall was originally working this case in the 90s. So when you talk to him, what did he tell you about his reaction to this case finally being solved decades later? Yeah. So he told me that he, when they finally caught Bicking, um, he was relieved and happy for the victim that she finally got the justice that she deserved because he told me that, you know, she was so mad when this all happened to her. And um, so just to finally see her get justice for this case that happened so many years ago was just 
really like fulfilling to him. From talking to him, you could definitely tell he carries old cases with him because he wasn't even just when he saw on the news that there was this new person that was being um, accused of raping girls like he didn't just think of this case he thought of multiple cases and told the police department to resubmit evidence not just for this case but for multiple cases just to see if they had a match for anyone so I think that just shows how even after he's retired for so many years he's been retired you know he still takes with him all the things that he experienced as a police officer. Um, I just thought it was so impressive that he he really remembered like everything, all the details about the case, even Bicking's other uh, charges that were in other cities. Like he had remembered everything, and he was you know so willing to talk, and he was he was just great to talk to in general. All right, Alexa, I, I would just like to wrap up by asking you, what were some of the challenges you dealt with in reporting such a complicated story? I think another challenge was getting all of the court records because this case, not just for this case, but um, Kenneth Bicking was, he has a lengthy criminal record. So just um, when writing about that portion of the story, trying to find all the court records from various counties and cities across Florida. He was arrested in Texas for um, being accused of killing a former Dallas Cowboys player. So getting those records took time and um, trying to find like the right person to ask for the records. And then I'm reading court documents from the case that happened in the 90s. It was so brutal and upsetting because just how descriptive everything was obviously it's all very much in detail what exactly happened and it was just like very upsetting because it was so like horrible it was just like such a horrific crime that was fresh take florida's alexa herrera on how a retired cop helped convict a rapist decades after the incident for more on the story visit our website at wuft.org now let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state a permitless carry bill in Florida is likely to pass, despite getting pushback from people on opposite sides of the gun debate. Backed by Republicans and law enforcement groups, the measure is headed to the House floor. WFSU is reporting that it has one more committee stop before it gets taken up in the full Senate. It has passed along party lines in all three committees that have taken up the proposal. Both chambers are expected to vote on it during the regular session, which begins on March 7th. State economists are saying a school choice expansion program will cost $210 million. WFSU reports that the state estimate is way less than the estimate put out by the Florida Policy Institute, an independent group which they say such a program will cost around $4 billion. The state calculated the cost of the program based on a few assumptions, including the idea that since money follows the student in Florida, when kids leave a public school, those state dollars will go with them. So, on paper, it's a wash, even though public schools will lose that money. However, the Florida Policy Institute isn't budging on its $4 billion estimate, with its figures based on current costs of the program and public school students leaving and transferring dollars away. Nikki Freed has won the race to lead the Florida Democratic Party. According to Florida Politics, the former Agriculture Commissioner defeated Senator Annette Tadio and former Progressive Caucus Carolina Ampudia. 
for the chair position at a special meeting in Orlando, winning the race with 52% of the vote on the first ballot and dashing hopes of Tadio supporters who hope to see a rally of uncommitted votes swing the race. Freed promised now the focus will turn to defeating Republicans, promising to send Senator Rick Scott, quote, back to Naples for good, end quote. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org to subscribe and view the most recent issues. I'm Jake Reyes, and you've been listening to The Point out of the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications. Have a great Monday.